Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com, and alongside me is Tony Pauline as we finish breaking down the New Year's Eve bowl games. Are you ready for the end of bowl season, Tony? Not really. It's one of the, uh, probably my most enjoyable part of the college season because it's right in the middle of the holidays, but like everything that's good, it eventually has to come to an end. So we'll see it out to the very end. Speaking of good things coming into the end, the first game we're going to check out here is the Liberty Bowl between 8-4 and four Missouri, 6-6 six and six Oklahoma State. And that good thing coming to an end is Drew Locke's Missouri career. He's been a highly touted quarterback for the Tigers. He's been a guy that's been really productive on the field for them. But there are questions about his NFL draft evaluation. This year, he didn't throw the 44 touchdowns like he did last year. Finally did have a good game against a good team when he lit up Florida for several touchdowns about a month before the end of the season. Then he went on to lead Missouri to four straight wins down the stretch. He's kind of a polarizing type of guy, Tony. What are your thoughts on Drew Locke? Yeah, polarizing or inconsistent. Before I mention Locke, this is one of those games that could be a four and a half hour game with a final score of 65-58. I expect a lot of points up on the board here. Now, as far as Locke is concerned, let's go back to 2017. He is well-liked in the scouting community. Teams really like him to the point where when I was talking with evaluators and people I know in the league, in January of last year, January of 2018, or January of this year, I should say, they said that if Locke had entered the draft, he would have been in the mix with those top four quarterbacks. He may have been the fourth or fifth quarterback selected, along with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. He definitely was a top 12 selection. I mean, evaluators really like him because of his physical skills. I mean, he's got a next-level arm. He's got next-level athleticism. He's got next-level body. You can use him as a pocket passer. He can withstand the rush. He has the mobility and agility to get outside the pocket and make the throw on the move. He can make all the passes. But like you said, I mean, he's polarizing. He makes plays that wow you on one snap, wow you in a good fashion. And then on the next stop, you're, you're wondering, you're going, wow, how awful was that throw? He can just, he's just all over the place with his accuracy, with his decision making, with his poise. Go back and watch the Alabama game. He looked like a dominant quarterback at times, and then he looked pedestrian on other series. Playing in that Missouri system, which is wide open, Blaine Gabbert didn't have a lot of success in the NFL coming out of that system. Drew Locke is going to be in the Senior Bowl, which is a good thing. We're going to see a lot, or a lot will be told from Drew Locke at the Senior Bowl. If he goes there and he's hitting on all cylinders, he's going to shoot up draft boards because, as we've spoken about multiple times, the Senior Bowl is a kingmaker at the quarterback position. But if he's inaccurate, if he's missing targets against air, say the way Taj Boyd was a couple years ago, and I'm not comparing him to Taj Boyd, but if he's missing receivers when there's no defenders there, his stock is going to drop. So, evaluators like him. I know scouts want to like him. I'm just not sold on him yet. We'll have to see what happens with him. You know, he's got a lot of targets at his disposal. Albert Abegunam, the tight end, third-year sophomore, also well-liked in the scouting community. Second-round prospect if he enters the draft. As we reported on this podcast in the past, very likely to stay in school, or that's what I'm hearing, because he's got a lot of academic priorities. He wants to be a doctor, so the NFL draft is not on the top of his list right now. Emmanuel Hall, who uh, came into the season, we have him as a fourth-round grade. Some scouts gave him a second-round grade, six one and a half, two hundred 200 pounds, a guy who's shown himself to be a legitimate downfield threat, 
long arms, nice size hands, has had some injury issues here and there, but someone who really has the tools to develop into a number three, I dare say a number two receiver at the next level. And one guy to keep an eye on who is a physical beast, just never really developed into a football player, is the other Missouri tight end, Kendall Blanton. We're going to see him at the Shrine game. Six foot six, 265 pounds, runs and plays in the mid four sevens, 34 inch arms, 10 inch hands, really looks like a power forward on the football field. He's got a great amount of upside, but he never was able to develop his game. And then when Abogwanam came in, basically took his spot as the number one tight end. Blanton's a guy, I grade him right now as a seventh round pick. He's someone who could fit into the late rounds of the draft, make an active roster as a number three tight end, maybe find a spot on the practice squad as his game is developed, but he has a tremendous amount of upside. So a lot of offense on the Missouri uh, side of the ball, uh, a lot of offensive prospects as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Emmanuel Hall. He's also going to be at the Senior Bowl along with Drew Locke. So we'll see if those two can kind of show some chemistry. And and with Locke, it comes down to, as you said, it's the consistency. Consistency is important at every position in the NFL. Traits are important at every position in the NFL. But I feel like traits take on a lesser importance and consistency takes on more of an importance at the quarterback position because those are the guys that are touching the ball on every single play. So when you're touching the ball in every single play, an inconsistent player is going to make far more mistakes than an inconsistent running back, an inconsistent receiver. And then obviously, if you go to the defensive side of the football, uh, you know, an inconsistent cornerback may not get targeted on that play. So you may not actually see that inconsistency shine through. You'll see it every time with Drew Locke. So hopefully he does go to the senior bowl and cleans that up and really just puts in three good, solid days of practice. You don't want to see him come out like gangbusters on Monday and then struggle Tuesday and then have an average Wednesday because that's kind of the epitome of his career at Missouri. And we really don't want to see that from him. We want to see good things and we want to see potential for the NFL. You also mentioned Albert O. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. His season's been cut short by a shoulder injury, so he's a long shot to play in this game, but a tall, lengthy tight end who can high point passes. Not really a threat up the seam. He's got to work on his routes. He's got to work on his blocking. Uh, Emmanuel Hall, again, all about speed and burst, does have some questions around his hands and his route running and, and his general consistency. There is another explosive game breaker on the other side of this game besides Hall, and that's Justice Hill, the running back from Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, he's not going to play either. He already declared for the draft, but he has great speed and burst. He's only 5'10", 190. 90 pounds, but he runs bigger than that. So Hill will be an interesting one to watch in the lead up to the draft, see how he works out and how he performs in the offseason as well. Moving on now to the Holiday Bowl, where we have nine and four Utah and eight and five Northwestern. Now, Tony, before we get to the players in this game, I understand you have some news on some underclassmen from the Utes. Yeah, we've spoken about Bradley and Nay before, the undersized defensive end from Utah, and I'm told he is going to enter the draft. And earlier this week, I was told that Zach Moss, the running back, the third-year junior who had some injury issues uh, earlier this year, is also going to enter the draft. I had been hearing during the season that scouts like him as a second-day selection. We'll have to see what happens as he goes through the pre-draft process. But besides Nay, the Holiday Bowl is very likely to be the final college game for running back Zach Moss, as I'm told he is expected to enter the draft. And Zach Moss won't play in this game due to knee surgery that he had earlier in this season. So whether he was declaring for the draft or not, he is out of this game. But at 5'10", 215, he's got feature back size. He runs hard, shows nice burst and balance, and was effective as a receiver in 2017 as well. You can see a lot of the reasons that scouts are excited about him as a potential day two guy. Now, Northwestern's top prospect in this game, and a guy that's drawn a lot of opinions across the scouting community, is quarterback Clayton Thorson. He has prototypical size at 6'4", 225 pounds. 
Unfortunately for him, he never really developed off of his impressive sophomore season. The last two years, he only threw 15 touchdown passes in each year. Tony, what are your thoughts on Thorson and what you've seen from him throughout his long Northwestern career? Well, exactly what you said. I mean, when you watch him as a sophomore, you think, hey, this guy's got the potential to be a franchise type of quarterback or at least a relatively early draft pick. But he never developed his game. I mean, his base, basically his game kind of leveled off and at some points regressed. You know, before we talked about inconsistency with Drew Locke, who's playing in the Liberty Bowl, it's even worse with Clayton Thorson. I mean, he will make some mind-boggling throws where you're just wondering where, uh, you know, what he's doing. And then he comes back and makes some next-level passes that only a few quarterbacks can. He's got the size. He's a pocket passer. He has the arm to make all the throws. He goes to Northwestern, so you'd think he would have it between the ear, or has what it takes between the ears, but there's just too much inconsistency in his game, much more than Drew Locke. As you said, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Maybe he has a big week there. I have him as a, a fifth-round prospect, and this was someone who, you know, not too long ago, people were understandably talking about as a top 45 selection. Yeah, we also have a couple other day three prospects who we've previously spoken about here. Uh, Northwestern's Nate Hall, a linebacker, and Montre Hardage, a cornerback, and also Utah's Chase Hansen, also a linebacker, and Marquise Blair, their safety. Hall is a guy, he's good in coverage. When we focused on Northwestern against Iowa and their duo of tight ends between Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, Hall played a big part in shutting down Fant and really limiting him in that game. So he's a guy to watch here. Hardage hits that cornerback threshold that we talk about all the time of six feet tall. He's got good ball skills, 10 interceptions over the last three seasons. Chase Hansen is a solid tackler. He's always around the football, and you should expect to see a lot of him on the Utah defense here, as as you should also expect to see a lot of Marquise Blair, who's a very explosive player up the field against the run. That's kind of a quick synopsis of those guys. Tony, who do you like on the third day from this game, and is there anything you want to add on some of those guys? Yeah, I like both of the linebackers you mentioned. First of all, Nate Hall, Northwestern. He's not flashy. He doesn't make a lot of highlight plays. He's just a smart, disciplined, instinctive, and relatively athletic linebacker. Six, two and a half, about 235 pounds, runs and plays in the four sixes. He's a guy who remains disciplined with his assignments. He's never caught out of position. You talked about the game against Iowa, which we previewed. He's also a solid run defender. I think he's going to be, I have him as a fifth round pick uh, right now. Let's see how he runs at the combine, but I could absolutely see Nate Hall making an active roster as a fourth or fifth linebacker. Also, Chase Hansen. I mean, Chase Hansen is is in the midst of a career uh, campaign. Former safety, 6'3", 230 pounds, plays fast, guy who who goes sideline to sideline, a real pursuit linebacker, also gets it between the ears like Hall. He's got excellent instincts, a little bit small, gets caught up in the wash, gets taken out from the action by blocks, but again... We talk about these smaller, undersized linebackers who can run to the ball. That's what the NFL likes. That's what Nate Hall brings. That's what Chase Hansen also brings. I see both of these guys as later round picks who can make an active roster as backup linebackers. Now we'll head to the third and final game for today's show, and that's the Gator Bowl between 9-3 and three NC State and 8-4 and four Texas A&M. Obviously, we're going to be watching the Wolfpack offense in this game. Another quarterback with prototypical size is Ryan Finley. Now, he doesn't have the biggest arm. He did take another step forward, at least on the stat sheet this season, and is a guy that, like Clayton Thorson before him, we will see at the Senior Bowl. It's a nice crop of quarterbacks there for us to get our eyes on. Tony, obviously Finley took a step forward statistically this year. Did you see a step forward on the field from him too? You know, I like Ryan Finley. The whole thing with Ryan Finley is 
we would talk about him on the field. We mentioned this two months ago. He kept Clemson. Uh, he kept North Carolina State in that game against Clemson. His team, his teammates, his skill players weren't helping him, but he was competitive and he kept them in the team. The Senior Bowl is going to be very uh, important for Ryan Finley because there are questions surrounding his arm strength. And when they do those one-on-one drills where they run the go routes and Ryan Finley is asked to throw the ball 40, 45 yards downfield with speed, if he can do it and he can do it accurately, and he's an accurate, very accurate quarterback, if he can do it and do so accurately, his stock is going to take off. If those passes are dying in the air, if they're basically taking all day to get down the field or, gosh forbid, he underthrows the receivers, then his stock is going to drop. Uh, I believe Kelvin Harmon is not playing in this game, but Jacoby Myers is. Jacoby Myers is the other receiver at North Carolina State that people don't talk about. I have him graded as a second-round selection, six foot one, 205 pounds, doesn't have the same size as Kelvin Harmon, but much more of a playmaker downfield, much more of a vertical threat, a guy who catches a lot of passes, has a high uh, yards per uh, catch average, someone who I think could be a, an explosive number two receiver at the next level. I have him graded just under Kelvin Harmon. Harmon was the game controller while Myers was the game breaker. So Ryan Finley's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. Be interesting to see. I mean, the uh, Texas A&M secondary is pretty good. Donovan Wilson, I believe, has an injury to safety. I don't know if he's playing in this game. I think I read uh, earlier that he's not going to be in this game. Wilson is a guy who sat out 2017, is in the midst of a terrific campaign. He's graded as a uh, fifth-round prospect. But Ryan Finley could basically have his way, uh, I believe, with the Texas A&M secondary if He has time because the Aggies do have some NFL prospects on their defensive line. And I'll confirm for you, Donovan Wilson is not playing in this game. So you're right on there. As you mentioned, it's really hard to ignore Finley's top targets in this game, even though Harmon's not going to play. A couple more notes on Myers is that he does make plays at the catch point. Obviously, he's been more of the downfield guy and shows off good body control, physicality through his route. So he's a guy that's underrated, possibly because he plays next to Kelvin Harmon and Harmon does draw all the attention. Obviously, Harmon is a strong, smooth athlete. He's physical. He also has good ball skills paired with some good concentration. Now, he's a guy that's going to be in the mix to be one of the top receivers drafted this year. But Jacoby Myers is also a guy to watch to make sure that you're not overlooking him just because of the contributions that Kelvin Harmon has made. Moving over to the Texas A&M side of things, another tight end we've talked about often here is Jace Sternberger, likely going to enter the draft. For him, his size and athleticism are pluses. We've gone over his story a couple times, so he hasn't played a ton of football the past few seasons, so he's a little raw, needs more reps, needs more work, but a guy that does have a lot of talent defensively for the Aggies. Tyrell Dodson is a three-down linebacker, good athlete with excellent instincts. He's always around the ball. This season, his numbers didn't match last season, but he's still a second, third-round prospect on our board. Another Aggies defender whose production drop this year was Landis Durham, who we discussed in an earlier podcast this season. He might have to stand up over tackle being just 255 pounds, but he's a good athlete. He can bend the edge. He plays under control, occasionally struggles shedding blocks, Again, might be a reason why he's going to have to stand up over tackle at the next level. And Kingsley Kiki is the third Texas A&M defender I wanted to bring up here. Like Durham, needs to add a little bulk and improve his ability to take on blocks, but he's got good first step quickness to penetrate the backfield. Really stepped up this year as a pass rusher after a subpar 2017. Tony, are there any other head-to-head matchups you may be looking at? You mentioned Landis Durham. The guy he's going to be matched up against is North Carolina State left tackle Tyler Jones. Someone who, at one point in time, I had rated very early. Didn't have the season uh, I had expected or hoped. I've got him knocked down to a fifth-round prospect. College left tackle who projects to guard. Six foot three, 300 pounds. Very athletic. 
a guy who's done a terrific job as a pass protector. He's going to have his hands full with Landis Durham. We're going to see Tyler Jones during the Shrine game. But if he can handle Landis Durham, who is receiving some second-day grades from scouts, Tyler Jones can kind of recoup some of the draft stock that he lost this past season when he just didn't meet expectations. And that's it for the 18th episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the other major podcast platforms. Leave us a rating and a review, and feel free to send us questions to answer on the show. Head over to draftanalyst.com for everything NFL draft, where we'll have even more scouting information for the bowl games left on the college slate. For Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi, and I think I speak for both of us here when I say thank you for listening, and we hope you have a very happy new year.